Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa, two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks and Giants hit their bye week and everybody's happy. Players get some time off. Coaches will get some time off. Two wins in a row, Carl. And uh, it was an odd game on Sunday, but you know what? It's not an art show. It's a win. It's and not loss an business. art show. And it's a win. Like you said, it's a win and loss business, Bob. And you take them however you can get them. And, you know, you had two bad football teams playing and one team did enough to win and the other guy missed his field goal. Field goal kickers get paid too, you know? And so you uh, you tip your hat to these players, these giant players. They've really stepped up um, on their third quarterback. But when you look at what this defense has done over the last few games and, and creating double-digit turnovers – it's it's impressive, and that means that they're being they're being complimentary, uh, Bob. And again, I you know I go on this uh, this this platform, and we try to call it as as straight as as possible. And I've been uber critical of the offensive line. Yeah. Or let me just say of the offensive line performance, right? Because I very rarely will mention a name unless it's something egregious, but their performance. Uh, had not been great. And I said, it's not sustainable. And I said that, um, you know, you cannot let free runners get to your quarterback, no matter who he is, if he's Houdini or not. I'm giving credit where it's due because this offensive line over the last couple games has been much, much improved. Um, And I say that, and people say, how can you say they're improved? They still gave up X amount of sacks. Well, here's the thing. There were no free runners like they were yeah. in in the uh in the early part of the season. They just they weren't turning guys loose. Now, I'm not telling you that there is still not a talent deficit, but it helps a quarterback tremendously navigate the pocket when you got guys blocked or you got guys trying to block the guy that they're supposed to block as opposed to just turning guys loose. And that is, I give this offensive line a great deal of credit. Uh, probably helps that Andrew Thomas is there. Um, yes. But from an assignment standpoint, they are much improved. And yes, they're still giving up sacks, and that's a talent issue. They still have to upgrade talent. But the way they're playing and allowing the quarterback to navigate the pocket to the degree that he can I think is improvement. So I just want to, you know, I want to give a hat tip to those guys too. Yeah. I mean, um, I think one of the, the things about it is all these sack numbers, you know, all the sacks that DeVito's taken and now over a, a four game span or whatever it is, it's by far the most in the NFL. Some, you know, it's some of it's on him. Some of it's on the tight ends, the running backs, whatever, but you're right. It's, it's the sacks are coming when, you know, guys are beating their guys pressure wise. Holding up, right? Yeah, yeah they're not holding up. They're holding up enough for him to start to at least take off or protect himself, which is allowing him to protect the football. Like he's not in, 
he's not getting the uh, Lawrence Taylor hit on Jay Schrader from the backside or yeah. the one that Daniel Jones actually took earlier this year that hurt his neck. Yeah. Not getting any of those whiplash shots. And, um, you know, he made some really nice throws to Jalen Hyatt in this football game. Uh, obviously hit Hodgins on that one pass play, gave him an opportunity to get a touchdown. Like he did have a couple drops in the game, did DeVito. Um, mm -hmm. And he missed some, like going back to look at the coaches tape. Like they had one where they had Slayton lined up in the slot and they're in shotgun. And it, he might've been a little bit too locked in on the, the receiver that was split wide left and doesn't see Slayton on the deep over. And but he'll learn about that. You know, he, it's almost like he took like an extra half step on his drop back. And that was just enough for pressure on the right side to force him in. Sure. And, but that's learning stuff, right? You just go to you go to the tape, you look at it, you understand it, and you realize, hey, I might have that again. I got to let that. I got to cut that loose. I got a message for our fans out there. Football's back. Bet online's your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on stats, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoffs and Super Bowl, Bet Online is going to give you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. Get in on the action. Remember, use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Sure. And that, I, guess, I guess that is uh, the advantage of, of being a mature rookie. You know, um, he'll be able to process that and make those adjustments. But, you know, the reason he was undrafted is, you know, there are several reasons why, but he still earned his way onto a roster and he's going to make a nice career for himself. And because he'll, he has the ability to make those corrections. And I think the most admirable a uh, attribute that he has right now, he ain't turning the ball over. That's He's key. giving his team a chance. Um, so, look, we can celebrate um, Tommy DeVito, and it's been fun. It's been exciting, and the team is rallying around him. But it starts up front. This is not even a but. This is, by the way, it starts up front, and those guys are doing a much better job. And, again, they're, they're pun punching in their weight class, you know, and – you know, these are the games that we expect them to compete in and to uh, uh, to come out victorious. But they're still a, a talent deficit. They can't run the football the way they should be able to, um, because if they could, they'd have uh, they'd probably have a larger margin of victory and probably more points on the board. Um, I think when Evan Neal comes back, that gives them a little more punch up front. Uh, but I think and and, and this, here's the other thing too, Bob. They found something on the perimeter runs. They've hit them since the Dallas game. Late in the Dallas game, they started to hit those perimeter runs, and it gave some real good run lanes to Saquon Barkley to get wide and get vertical. They did it last week against Washington, and then they did it against the Patriots. for two. They popped two big runs on them. And then all of a sudden, the Patriots started slanting the line, well, the natural counter to that, which I think the Giants will get to after watching the film, is put in a little bit of a cutback. 
you know, let them start that way and belly all the way back because the defense is going hard to try to um, to stop Saquon Barkley. And that is the natural. You don't have to do anything different other than maybe turn one guy back. Right. And he's off and on his way. But you can't um, – you can run it, run it, but teams are going to compensate for it. So that's the next part of the growth of this team. And, you know, even in a lost season, you have to grow. You have to get better at things that um, you're going to be evaluated on going forward. You know, the thing the, the thing about DeVito, just, just kind of putting this all into context, is I think everybody – you know, it's fun, you know, uh, the Italian kid from New Jersey and Don Bosco and all this other stuff. And, you know, he's undrafted. But, you know, there's a, there's another component to this that you know, we can't forget, right? Tommy DeVito didn't go, uh, didn't make the Giants practice squad from Don Bosco prep mm-hmm. uh, or from, you know, uh, you know, community college in New Jersey, like he was, you know, making sandwiches in a deli and work and playing at some community college in New Jersey. And then, you know, he, they got the the Vince Papali tryout and he shows up and he makes it. He did play five years at Syracuse. Which the last yeah. time I checked was in the ACC. And then he played his last year college ball at Illinois, which the last time I checked was in the Big Ten. Yeah. So it's it's not as if, you know, he's literally like Vince Papali or anything. He's he's yeah, played, he's played at a high level. high level. Yeah, he's played at a high level. And uh yeah, you 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 we must acknowledge that. Um yeah. you get to the league because you can play. It was he's no um like you say, he's no Papala story. He is he's a guy who's earned his right onto a roster and he's played at a high level in college. Correct. Correct. I mean, even like, you know, Victor Cruz played at UMass, which is not on the same level of as Syracuse and, and Illinois for sure. So good for Tommy DeVito. Um, you talked about this defense. Look, we understand about this defense, right? Uh, they swarm. They create opportunities for turnovers. And they when they're going against, you know, you always talk about this weight class thing. You know they're they're taking advantage of the opportunities that are given them. Obviously, when they've gone up against some of the better teams, uh, specifically the Cowboys, it's been a it's been a big issue this year. But I like the development of the young players. I mean, yeah, you know, you look at what Devontae Banks is doing for this team right now. Flot has emerged as a guy that really cloud. McLeod and and I remember being in Detroit and Wink Martindale when the Giants were practicing there and Wink was uh talking about you know guys on the defense or whatever like that and he's like you know you watch he goes Jason Pennock is going to just keep getting better and better and, and remember Mike you know we always talk about how the Giants draft has failed in in a, in a lot of over a long period of time mm-hmm. well if Micah McFadden continues to grow and continues to improve as a player. Let's not forget, he was a fifth-round pick. He yeah. wasn't a first-round pick. Yeah. And he's a fifth-round pick with a stud guy playing next to him, developing into a nice player that I think if you're a fan, you got to be excited about what the potential is and what's the upside there. Can we just, like, stop right there and just focus on 
a fifth round pick that was evaluated as a uh, NFL player at linebacker to upgrade your room. We've been looking for a linebacker, a linebacking core for the Giants for 10 years, since Antonio Pierce, probably. Kavika Mitchell. How many I'll give Mike. I'll picks? give Michael Bully his props too, because he wants. Oh, Bully was a free agent, though. Right. Yeah. Um, how many drafts have we seen fifth rounders come and go, never really even see the field, and yet you look at the talent that has been evaluated with this regime, and you say, okay, they're obviously doing something different because obviously Michael McFadden didn't do enough in college to warrant a third round pick or second round status. But I bet you what they saw is the exact, exact same thing I've seen from day one. And he knows how to, he's a linebacker and he knows how to find the football and he can, he can stand up on the edge and he can rush. He can, he can blitz off the edge, but the number one attribute when evaluating linebackers, the, the number one attribute he should have, if he ain't got it, don't tell me about his body, don't tell me how fast he is, and don't tell me how much he bench presses. If he can't find the effing football when it's snapped, that's all you got to do. If you want to see if a linebacker can play, cut on the film, watch the ball get snapped, and see what he does. If he's moving towards the football, then you say, okay, now I can evaluate him on, on the rest of his skill set. If he ain't doing that, you're wasting time. And there has been a lot of waste of time at that position. And we were sold, oh, he's fast, or, oh, man, he runs a 40 and X, Y, and Z, or he been, can't find the football. Yeah, and McFadden's gotten better at now, when finding the football, getting his man to the ground. Yeah, I mean, that's the easy part. <laughs> that's the easy part. I mean... You know, once, and I don't, I'm not going to say it had anything to do with me, but I just kind of remind, put them aside when we were in Arizona. And I said, just bring your pads with you. You're a linebacker. It feels good to make those type of tackles. And he's doing it. And he's, it's just so, it's so much fun to watch both he and Bobby O play the position because it's just refreshing to see it, competency in the middle of your defense. Yeah, I mean, listen, McFadden's got 72 tackles, a half a sack, got an interception. He's got 10 tackles for losses. He's got five hits on the quarterback, three passes defended, mm -hmm. three special teams tackles. And then Okereke's got 113 tackles, two interceptions, four forced fumbles, nine tackles for a loss, a couple of quarterback hits, and eight passes defended. That's what you're getting out of your two inside backers. It's, That's been, a long, it's been a long time. Since we've seen Giants backers, especially the inside backers, have numbers like that. Yeah, that's a long production. time. That is production, and that is um, a tribute to Joe Shane and his his staff of evaluators. They they obviously taking a different approach to how they they look at um, they look at talent. Brandon Brown. I mean, I really do hope that we can um, get our fan base a chance to sit and talk to those guys. And I, I, I 
tweeted that I wanted to do a spaces. Well, we talked about it here and have either Brandon or Joe on and just talk about the process of how they evaluate because it's different. And like you said, they're between Joe and Brandon, there are no short answers. You ask a question, you're going to walk away a lot smarter than you thought you'd be when you asked that question because they're they don't give you short answers. No. Yeah, they're well, not cute. You know, they're not the cute know-it-all GMs where they just give you something and send you on your way, catchphrase, you know, off-ball linebacker this. No, they will give you a thorough answer to your question. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. You know, like I'll be in the cafeteria and uh <clears throat> it'll be in like it'll be in like the morning and um you know, you're sitting there and you're um thinking about like getting your coffee, getting ready to do my serious show or maybe this podcast. And first thing Brandon and I will chat about is, you know, how Fordham did, because he's a Fordham grad. He played at Fordham. I went to Fordham many years before him. And then I'll just ask him like a question. And it is a well thought out answer, you know, like right in the middle of the cafeteria, players are all in getting breakfast and I'm grabbing my coffee and, he stops and he thinks and he gives you this answer that's like you walk away from it and you go, all right, wow, I got, I kind of see that. I get that. And he and, ain't selling you a crock of crap either. I mean, no. he's giving you, like, you can tell. And I look, I'm not casting dispersions on any other regimes, talent evaluators. But when you get answers from these guys, you could tell they're living it. They're in the moment of it. And it's not an inconvenience. Um, for them to answer. And if it is, they'll just say, I'll get back to you. But it, they're, they're just different. And we say all of this to say, folks, when you want to throw out uh, a season just so you can draft the player that you want, just understand, these guys get it. They understand. And I think as Joe Shane said yesterday, they knew it wasn't going to be an overnight build. There are going to be hiccups. But you look at the rest of the pieces that are continuing to develop as because it's not football. Football is not a sport where one guy makes a difference if, if the rest of the pieces aren't in place. You're right. never one guy away until you're 52 guys there. It's just right. that simple. The other thing, too, is, you know, Joe Shane had his presser. Dable had his presser um, at the facility on Monday before the bye. And, you know, they're 12 games into the season, so they have five games left in the season. And he's he's doing it. He's got to do a dance there because, first of all, you're not going to reveal all of your offseason plans to the media in November. Plus, at the end of the season, they will have organizational meetings after the players are graded and the players leave um, as far as, you know, what these last five games showed, um, what they're all thinking. And they have meetings, you know, every week, you know, every day about all this stuff. But, you know, he was, he was a little coy in, you know, what his thought process is and rightfully so. I mean, you're not going to reveal it, everything that you're thinking or feeling in these press settings. Um, but you know, one of the things I really admired about Joe Shane is look, <clears throat> the Giants 
have stabilized their punt return system, system uh, with Gunnar Osheski. And he admitted, he said, look, that's on me. Like, we made some decisions. And could we have done it again? And we thought what we saw out of Gray in college um, might translate for punt return. And then, you know, he was asked about Jamison Crowder, who's done a fine job for the commanders. And then they finally got Oshevsky in there. And he said, look, hey, that's 100% on me. I needed, we needed to do a better job of sort of addressing that problem sooner or whatever the case might be. Um, and I think if you're a fan, you got to at least like that openness that he mm-hmm. shared with everybody about that that specific situation. Accountability, Bob. Accountability. It's a good point. It's a good word. Hey, can I go? Down, can I take this in a different direction? Because sure. we do the Giants post game show right after the game. We're a part of it, and I thought you made some very intelligent points. Jay Glazer, who we've known for a long time, you know, broke the story about the tension and the in-house hostility between the head coach and the defensive coordinator. And, you know, Dave's diffused it after the game. He just said, you know, we, our biggest arguments about the last slice of pizza or whatever. You played under Bill Parcells, who was known to wear out assistant coaches. Yeah. But this was in an era before social media, before things got out. So, if there was something, you'd have to wait until the next day to read it in a newspaper. Didn't always have the same kind of traction. Um, and then not the same kind of instant reaction. And uh, you shared some stories about playing for Coach Parcells with Bill Belichick, who's going to walk into the Hall of Fame. He's going to moonwalk into the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. when the time comes that what was reported by Jay Glazer whether, you know, however true it is or where the truth lies in all of it. But, like, this is really not that uncommon. No, it's not. Um, it's it, Well, the coaches that I've been around, it's not. I've had uh, – <laughs> I've, I've witnessed on more than one occasion per season in multiple seasons – Bill Parcells firing on the sidelines, firing his coordinator. If it doesn't work, you're effing fired. I told you it wasn't effing working. Um, offensive coordinator, what are you calling? Why the F you calling that? What's wrong with you? If You know what? After this game, don't bother coming back. You know, those are conversations that are had. And if you win, it's a... Um, you know, it's it's just an ice cold stare uh, for a week, and then they get back to work. Um, if you lose, he's going to keep reminding you that uh, you ain't calling the type of game that he wants you to call. And here's the thing, folks: you give up. You have a defense that gives up 600 yards in a game, 600-plus yards in a game. Nobody wants that to happen. Wink doesn't want that to happen, right? Um, But when you lose, you start losing players during the course of the game, and the head coach asks you, what are you doing? What what you're running? Because we just lost Thibodeau. We just lost our corner. We just lost our nickel. What, What are we doing? And you're not giving the right answer, but you're still running the same play, head coach is going to be pissed off. That's what happens. 
right? And it's Wink Martindale's defense. It's Brian Dable's team. So they're going to clash. It's Mike Kafka's offense. It's Brian Dable's team. It's 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 all the coordinators from special teams, offense, defense. They all have their responsibilities, but it's still the buck stops with the head coach. And when the head coach is pissed about something, he's going to let you know. And you might have a sense of pride about it, but ain't nobody losing their jobs um, when you're getting, what, 15 takeaways in three games, something close to that. Um, you're keeping an offense in the game. And, yes, I think Wink would say, you know what, in hindsight, I probably should have played a little more zone because I had guys that hadn't been used to being in there. I thought they could get it done, and they can't. And when you look at what they're doing now, uh, they're mixing some things up, and he's given uh, some of his young players a chance to to have some success. And then the other part of it, um, your good players you got to trust, right? And so when you have to make some adjustments in some other areas, you got to trust that your good players can step up, and you don't have to be as risky. But um, these things happen. I won't dispute that maybe they were in a bad place after the Dallas game. I'd be in one too. <laughs> you know, it's just that simple. Maybe they were. Um, I don't think it was to a point to where um, I'd be shocked to where um, you're ready to fire a guy. Yeah, he had a bad day. I mean, his team had a bad The whole team had a bad day, but defense gave up 600 fucking yards. Like, that ain't good. Wink wasn't happy about it either, but he got his ass reamed by the head coach. It's simple. Simple. And yeah, they will they I wouldn't be in a good place after that. Right? And then when you want to ask questions, the head coach has the ability and the right to ask questions. What are we doing now that we got all these players out? Are you changing up? Are we giving giving ourselves a chance? Well, it looks like Wink's made some adjustments and he obviously got some players back, but he made some adjustments and they're doing all right. Correct. And and let's let's once again put this in uh let's put this in layman's terms here. Um everybody most people that are watching this podcast have some job of their own. Mm-hmm. And there's a hierarchy within the company that they work, and everybody has a boss, and their boss has a boss, and you're in a division. And there's some tension within the division. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you may want to do something your way and you feel it's effective, but your boss says we need to do it this way. You may resist and the boss may come back and say, no, here's how we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. When you have my job or move up in the company, and I hope you do then you can run it the way you see fit. But right now, at the end of the day, it's on me. It's my record within the business. So you conform. You conform. That's pretty much what it does. It's called the chain of command. And until you have a team. Correct. So you got to be a part of the team. And the leader of that team is is kind of set in tone for how he wants his team run. So obviously the Giants are off this week. Their next opponent will be the Packers. We'll get into that next week. 
but they'll play the Packers. The Packers play a Sunday night game against Kansas City. And um, <clears throat> look, the Giants have some nice momentum. Keep stacking wins. I think that's something that true Giant fans are going to be excited about. And if you trust <clears throat> Joe Shane and Brendan Brown and and uh, I'm Brandon Brown and the rest of the uh, I said Brendan because uh, I got a text from Brendan Brown who I used to work with at the Nets. Uh, who, by the way, sent you a big compliment. Uh, he was listening to the game on the way home on Sunday, and he enjoyed your commentary. All right, thanks, but, Brendan. But uh, whether it was Brandon Brown and the entire group, you know, we've seen some of these draft picks start to mature a little bit, yeah. and you have to just trust who they're going to pick, when they're going to pick, and how they evaluate it, right? I mean, right. Mahomes, Mahomes went 10th. Josh Allen went 7th. I'm just using that as an example. Like, and to further um, expound on that point, picking players is not an exact science. So because you pick one, one, three, or five uh, for year after year after year, doesn't guarantee you success. And I'm using this as an example of the Jets pick, they got three quarterbacks in the top five. None of them have had success. And I'm sure from a fan base perspective, they thought the next guy was the guy. Sanchez you're talking about, Sam Darnold, and now Zach Wilson. Yeah. So there's no guarantee unless you have confidence in your coaching um, and your ability to develop players. So, uh, And some of it is on the player as well. So when you look at the uh, trajectory of, the players that were drafted by this team, the McFaddens of the world, the McClouds, the Flocks, all of you got, even Jalen Hyatt, right? Even, you know that they're, they kind of got it figured out. So you got to trust that wherever they're going to draft, they feel it's the right player to draft at that spot. Right. And let the season play out. Whatever's available at that spot that they feel, or if they feel they have to move in or out of that position, trust that they have a plan because they're build the, the building blocks that are starting to blossom. You're starting to see some blooms from the seeds that were planted. Um, let them continue to do that. I, I you know, look, your your team. You, I guess everybody's under the realization now. I've come to the realization. That the team ain't tanking. So um, start looking at your draft boards and seeing what's available beyond the one player that you wanted. And I keep saying that. It's not just about that one pick. Look at the Giants roster as they fill it out. And the guys that are developing, it was never about the one pick. And that they are not one player away. Um, they're probably... 40 players away from being one player away. And that's how you got to look at it. All right. So today is the, we're recording this on Tuesday. Today is the 28th of November. And you've got a big thing coming up and you have on no the idea. 29th. Yes. Black ice, the starter brand NHL look for the national hockey league. 
and you got a lot of cool things going on at, at, the, yeah. uh, at the store. If you guys are in town, and oh, by the way, everybody that has sent me their um, their vintage starter hockey stuff, I have your email. I mean, not your email. I have your, your post. I saved them. And I will be DMing, getting addresses, because I want to send everybody a little something from the Black Ice Collection. But we dropped the Black Ice Collection um, at the NHL flagship store tomorrow. It's a day party, so come out. It's from 2 to 7. Um, it's a lot of fun stuff. So my friend, my friends, um, Don LaGreca and Michael K from the Michael K Show are broadcasting live from nice. the event. Um, I've got the Islanders DJ, the lovely DJ Rhea is doing all of the music. And man, I got a special guest who's going to be there. I get a chance to interview him, Johnny Lazarus from the <laughs> from the Blue Crew, our own uh, Believe family. But that's not my biggest guest. But I wanted to make sure that the Blue Crew was there representing Believe. And um, that's a, if you guys are hockey fans, tune in to the Blue Crew. Uh, they talk Rangers, all things hockey, but Rangers. But my big guest, P.K. Sedan. Ooh, P.K. Saban is going to be in the house. He's going to sign a few pucks. He's going to answer a few questions. He's going to hang out. So if you guys are in town and if you got people coming to town for the tree lighting, they can come to this party first and then go to the tree lighting or come to this party first and go with me to a Rangers game because I'm taking a few people with me to the Rangers game as well. Well, the Rangers play tomorrow night. Yes, sir. So the, we're again, we're taping this on the 28th. This is Wednesday, the 29th. Obviously, 29th. people download the podcast and they'll watch it later in the week and they'll be like, well, wait, when is it? Well, you, then you missed it. If you're watching yeah. this, if you're watching this on Wednesday night, the 29th, then you missed the event. So you got the Michael K show there. Yeah. You have uh, our buddy Don LaGreca who fills in on Rangers radio mm -hmm. doing the play by play on on. Uh, the Rangers, and you're gonna have serious. You know, I'm a crazy Rangers fan. Like the Rangers and the Yankees are the two teams that I can sit and watch. You know, on a night in, night out basis, and I I'm no different than a Giants fan. I have crazy theories about things that go yes. on with the team. I have wildly passionate feelings about players on the team, one way or another. It's irrational. Uh, I'm a fan yeah. of those two teams. It's my release. It's my sports release because I work so many other sports mm -hmm. um, where you have to look at it through the professional eye. But for the Rangers, because I don't do anything in hockey and I haven't for a long time, and the same thing with baseball with the Yankees, I can just kind of let myself go. So I'm excited yeah. about this event. Yeah. Oh, and guys, <laughs> if you're listening to this, podcast today the 28th tune in follow you follow us on on twitter anyway on x i got a really cool black ice spot speaking of don lagreca we did uh our black ice commercial that we did um don lagreca murdered it he was 
It, it's called it's the, the the name of the commercial is called The Call. And you'll see why it's called The Call, but it is just ridiculous. And it'll get you excited about this collection and about this event, about all things Black Ice. It's it's it, really cool. You gave me a sneak peek. It's really awesome. It's well done. It's well edited, well shot. The record does kill it. So do the so do the actors that you have. They're, they're, well, history. listen, those those are not those are real life hockey players um, in this, but they are your average Joes. <clears throat> and um, Nicole, our coworker at the Giants. Her two sons grew up playing hockey. And then I got Nikki Sticks, who drives a boar's head meat truck, who is a pretty good hockey player back in the day. So we we got the boys together, and Don makes the call. It's nice. going to be pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So you got, a bunch of, you, got your, you got a bunch of DeVitos now for the hockey thing, too. There we go. Jersey, Jersey guys. <laughs> oh, by the way, just in wrapping it up, you had a great line on the postgame show. When we were talking about the win against the Patriots yep. and the Giants defense and the god awful quarterback play that the Patriots have, uh, Tommy DeVito was by far, and you don't even have to be a Giants fan to say this, a Patriots fan would say this to you. Tommy DeVito was by far the best quarterback on the field at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. I mean, it's it's not yeah. even close. Bill Belichick might agree with that, but what was the term that you dubbed after the game? Well, because Bill Belichick. <laughs> doesn't lose to rookie quarterbacks. I said, well, Belichick and the Patriots got DeVitoed. <laughs> Let's see how many other teams can get DeVitoed. Yeah, he got DeVitoed coming off a bye, too. Yeah. He wish he had DeVito after sure. watching his guys play. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so good luck with the event Wednesday. November the 29th, 2 to 7 p.m., NHL Ooh, store in Manhattan. Yep, right behind Penn Station. It's the Monaghan, like on 9th Avenue. Mm -hmm. If you're behind, if you're on 9th Avenue coming, going downtown, you'll see it. It's in Hudson Yards, basically. Gotcha. All and right. um, 2 to 7, <clears throat> be there. Um, I'm taking a few people to a Rangers game with me, too. So, And all the okay. folks that, that posted their their starter vintage starter hockey i got we'll be dming and i'm getting your address and i'm sending you a piece of the collection uh if you're not in new york and you need to get the black ice rangers.com lids.com starter.com your favorite team.com will have it all right that's cool i wish i was in town for this thing that would have been yeah, fun be good all right how do you uh how do we like to end it Tell a friend to tell a friend. Believe, Believe in, in giants. giants. <clears throat>